It wasn't like this in the Waltons. Chapter 1. 14th of April, 11.15pm. Done him in, have you? What? The voice from beyond the fence made me lose my precariously crouched balance. I sat down on wet grass. You finished him off, haven't you? My next-door neighbour continued. And now you're burying the evidence. I peered up. By the moonlight, which was bouncing off Mr Price's glasses, I could see him nodding. Don't worry, I won't tell anyone. I'd have done the same thing if my missus had left me for a bit of crumpet. Slowly my brain registered what he was getting at. Oh no, I haven't murdered Brian. I was just, uh, um, I stuttered. Uh, burying, um, the gerbil. Yes, that's right, the gerbil died. And you're burying it in your nightie? No, in a plastic bag. Why would I want to use... I glanced down and saw that the torch, which I had dropped when spoken to, was spotlighting my fallen open dressing gown and exposed bosom. I clutched the two sides of my dressing gown together and tried to get up, without revealing any more of my anatomy. Mr Price was scratching his chin. I didn't know you had a gerbil. Um, uh, yes, had it for years, since the children were small. He shook his head. Who'd have thought it? A little thing like a gerbil living that long. And you couldn't wait until morning to bury it? No, no, Adam was, was very upset. I thought I'd better do it straight away. I wouldn't have blamed you mind if you had done him in. Must have been off his head, leaving a fine body of a woman like you. Um, well, I think I'd better go in now. That's right, you do that. He leaned forward and winked. And this'll be our little secret. I should just have told Mr Price the truth. I don't know why I didn't. Lots of people write letters to themselves, though most probably don't bury them in the garden in the middle of the night. But tonight is my last night as a forty-something, so burying a letter, setting myself goals for the year, is a sensible thing to do. At least it seemed to be when I thought of it, which was about an hour ago. After a glass, it might have been two, of wine. But I was rather impressed with the ease with which I was able to concoct such a convincing lie on the spur of the moment. With skills like that, I could have been a politician. Indeed, if I'd thought of that before, I could have added, get involved in local politics, to my list of things I want to do before I'm 51. But I'm not sure if it were that convincing. Suspect Mr Price now thinks I am guilty of murdering my husband. I'd like to say that the thought has never entered my head, but I'd be lying. At least it would have added something to my highlights of last year, which currently stand at 1. Having to call plumber to unblock toilet, and being told off for putting feminine items of hygiene down it. 2. Drinking too much and telling rude jokes at Mum's birthday party. 3. Being egged on Halloween for asking a witch where her manners were. 4. Eating too much on Christmas Day and farting during the Queen's speech, although from the first mum made you'd have thought Her Majesty herself was in the room. 5. Having to call plumber to unblock toilet and being told off for using too much toilet paper. 6. Husband leaving me for a bimbo. Do not want another year like that. We'll get a new plumber. In fact, that's number one on my list. Just before, lose weight and find new man. No, now I come to think of it, I crossed off new man and put, 
acquire a new skill instead. Far more worthwhile. I've wasted enough of my life on useless men who only let you down. And what are they good for? When it comes down to it, who needs men anyway? Not me. I am happy to be a woman alone. I am independent. I do not need... Oh, no, it's five to twelve. In five minutes, I will no longer be able to say that I am in my forties. I will be fifty. Fifty! That is so old. How am I ever to find a new man when I am old and past it? Not that I want a new man. I really only want my old man. But he has chosen a twenty-eight-year-old bimbo in preference to me, and I have accepted that. Although, how you can have a meaningful relationship with anyone who doesn't know the complete words to Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is a mystery to me. 11.58pm Being 50 will be fine. How much difference can it be to be in 49? 12 midnight oh. 12.05am Should not have finished off that bottle of wine left over from... Can't remember what it was left over from. Suspect it might have gone off. I'm feeling rather down now. I'm not sure if I want to wake up in the morning. Wonder what my obituary would say. NB, do ordinary people have obituaries? Or do you have to have achieved something in life to warrant it? Don't suppose getting grade one piano would be adequate justification? Alison Turner, age 50. Oh, I would forever be recorded as being 50 when I died without having lived to enjoy it, if you can enjoy 50. That would be very unfair, not only to me, but to my children and my mother. Probably best for everyone if I do wake up in the morning. Do not want to be responsible for an error in perpetuity. 15th of April, my 50th birthday, 7.50am. Cards received, 6, from Mum and Dad, Flowery, Daughter, with ancient Native American quotation, Pippa, Artie, Bev, Rude, Brother and Sister-in-Law, Cute, her choice without a doubt, and Great Aunt Millie, to five-year-old nephew. MB, must visit Great Aunt Millie soon. She seems to have forgotten some vital details about her favourite, only, great-niece. Cards missing, too, from Son, Predictable, and husband. Admittedly X, but did think he might send one anyway, as it is a special birthday. And I am the mother of his children, with whom he spent 23 years. And they can't all have been bad, surely. Other letters received, three. Two offers of a loan, in return for a small percentage, probably of my soul, and one letter from solicitor, enclosing decree absolute. Solicitor had said it wouldn't take long, but thought it would take longer than this. Will not let this bring me down, especially on birthday. <laughs> Used to be breakfast in bed, followed by birthday bed romp, with a daffodil in a milk bottle. Or on the tray, that is. Last year got a cup of tea and a perfunctory peck on forehead. Should I have read the signs? No, will not think mortal in thoughts. Tis my birthday, I will enjoy it. 
will put on radio the cheery voice of Terry Wogan. News announcer tells me 3,000 people have been killed in earthquake in Outer Mongolia. Take this to be a sign that I am actually very fortunate and blessed, in spite of husband trading me in for 28-year-old bimbo. We'll send money to earthquake appeal. 8.47am. Was about to leave for work when there was a knock on the door. Found delivery boy almost hidden by a bunch of roses. Heart leapt. Husband has had change of heart, realised mature woman is far preferable to flighty young thing and decided flowers would say this better than a card. Shaking hand made it difficult to open envelope attached to bouquet. Heart sank as discovered it was from daughter and son though suspect son had little hand in or even knowledge of generous gesture. Instantly felt very unworthy of title, best mum in the world. Yanked heart back up to correct position and rushed for door, leaving flowers in sync with last night's dishes as already late setting off. 10.30am coffee break. Took ages to find a parking space, making me very late. So late it wasn't worth rushing, except last few yards, to office to ensure I was panting on arrival. Young Mr Davis and Muriel were already in the office. Sorry I'm late, I wheezed impressively. Well, you're here now, Muriel smiled sweetly. I had a lot of extra posts to open this morning. Perhaps you'd like to get on with opening hours then, young Mr Davis said, or answering the phone. Could only assume busyness and annoying ringing phone had pushed birthday out of their minds. Good morning, Davis and Davis, financial advisors. How may I help you? I'd like to speak to Mr Davis, please. Would that be Mr Davis Senior or young Mr Davis? Well, I don't know, I'm afraid. The gentleman I've been dealing with must be in his fifties, so I don't think he can be young Mr Davis. Oh, no, that is our young Mr Davis. One moment and I'll put you through. Who shall I say is calling? Mr Davis. Yes, I'm putting you through to Mr. Davis, but who shall I say is calling? David Davis. Davis Davis? David Davis. Decided I was speaking to an idiot and said, very slowly and clearly, I am putting you through to Mr. Davis, but what is your name? My name is Davis, David Davis, and I would be thrilled to speak to young Mr. Davis, or anyone who has more than a grain of sand where their brain should be. Felt that last comment was quite unnecessary. It was an understandable mistake, as anyone with a trace of kindness in their soul would realise. Should not have to put up with unpleasantness on my birthday. Not that anyone happening to walk into the office right now would realise it was my birthday, as there was no card to show it. Do not understand. Muriel always sends me a card... And I'm sure I must have mentioned once or twice that this was a special birthday. Tried to raise the subject while talking to a waiting client this morning. Good morning, Mrs Matthews. Please take a seat. Mr Davis won't be long. I have to look up your record on the computer. Would you mind telling me your date of birth? 23rd of March, 1932. Oh, you haven't long had your birthday then. Shh! I'm too old for birthdays. I've given them up. When you get to our age, you don't want reminding that you're not long for this mortal coil, do you? Was pleased when Mr Davis called her into his office. Now I am all alone in reception drinking my coffee. Coffee tastes very bitter when nobody loves you.
11.15am. Very late end to coffee break. They do love me after all. Muriel, Mr Davis Senior and young Mr Davis all came in singing Happy Birthday, followed by For She's a Jolly Good Fellow. Mr Davis Senior started on She'll Be Coming Round the Mountain When She Comes, but had to give up halfway as he couldn't remember the words. Muriel was carrying a Marge Simpson cake with 50 candles. It took four attempts to blow them all out. They gave me a card they'd signed. Many happy returns, Richard. Happy 50th birthday, Alison, and many more love from Muriel. And best wishes, Barbara, crossed out. Hilary, crossed out. Alison, in Muriel's writing, from A.P. Davis. Very touched also by gift of thermal underwear. Not sure what choice of Marge Simpson cake says about their opinion of me, but think she is a good role model, on the whole. Although might have preferred Wonder Woman. 5.35pm. Adam returned from hard day at college. Had a good day, love? Mm. Many lectures today? Mm, one. What's for tea? There's a pizza for you in the fridge. I'm going out for a meal, remember? He opened the fridge door and looked inside. Big spicy meat, good. At least, think that's what he said. He headed for lounge where my cards were displayed. I followed. He looked around, his brow furrowing then. Where's the remote? In the drawer, I expect. I bought you a pizza and I'm going out for a meal. If you remember, Adam, I told you Pippa and Bev are taking me out to celebrate my birthday. He stopped rummaging. Could hear the penny turning the cogs. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Mum. Thank you, darling. I held up my arms for a hug. He leaned forward far enough to allow me to grasp him for a moment before he pulled away. Won't be a minute, he said. Two minutes later. Mum, there's wrapping paper on my bed, along with a sellotape, scissors and a pen. Thanks, Mum. I'm nothing if not prepared for my son. He returned five minutes later and handed me a parcel. It amazes me that two children can have the same genes, be brought up in the same environment, and one could wrap for Britain, while the other has not yet worked out that the sellotape is to be attached to the paper, not the present inside. Still, the present inside was lovely, a collection of my favourite body shop goodies. was surprised that he knew what I liked until he said that Chloe had told him what to get. N.B., must take him aside one day and explain that sometimes less information is better. Delight was only slightly spoiled by Adam asking if he could borrow ten quid, as he had no money left to go to the pub with his mates. This makes total owed to me £423.75. and pence. will be rich when he pays me back. If he pays me back. N.B. Ask Brian if Adam is borrowing money from him too. Hope he is not on drugs. Think this unlikely, but anything is possible these days. Must pick up leaflet from doctors on spotting signs of drug taking. Also must tell Adam that, should Mr Price say, raise the subject, Adam is to say that he was very upset about the loss of his beloved gerbil. 6.15pm At one minute past six the phone rang. Hello Alison, is that you? Yes, hello, Mum. It's your mother here. Hello, Mum. 
Just called to say happy birthday. Did you get our card? I told your father he should have posted it earlier, but you know what he's like. I told him Marjorie, you know Marjorie from next door. I told him she had sent a postal order to her grandson in Aberystwyth and it never got there. Are you having a nice day? Yes, thank you, and thanks for the voucher. That's all right. I never know what to get you. You've got so much, and you can use a voucher to get what you want. A Marks and Spencer's voucher is always useful. They've got their new summer range in. Have you seen it? It's very orange. Not my colour, but it might suit your skin. I told your father we'll have to get down there and get him a new jacket. His old one is only fit for gardening still. Mustn't grumble. He's had it thirty years. That's the thing about Marks. Their clothes are made to last. A new jacket now will outlast your father. Adam will be able to have it when he's gone. Oh, don't talk like that, Mum. Dad's all right, isn't he? Yes, he's fine, always under my feet, but you never know. Look at Marjorie's husband out playing golf one day, dead the next. He did get hit by a golf ball, Mum. That's not the point, I'm just saying. You don't know what's around the corner. You have to be prepared. Did I tell you our bills are at the bank? Yes, Mum. So are you having a nice day? What are you doing this evening? Have you had a card from Brian? Ignored the last question. Mum has never been able to accept that Brian, perfect, polite, handy, son-in-law in a million, Brian, had played away from home, as she put it. Pippa and Bear are taking me to Marco's this evening. Oh, that'll be nice. It'll be good for you to get out for a change. And have you thought any more about coming to Tenby with us? We've booked the caravan for the first week in June. I do wish you'd come. You know how your father gets under my feet when he's got nothing to do. You'd be company for him, and it would do you good. You won't be going away otherwise, will you? I told you, Mum. Muriel's away, then. I have to cover for her. Look, I'll have to go now and get ready. The girls will be picking me up soon. I'll see you at the weekend. Why? What's happening, then? We're going for a family meal, remember? Dad suggested it. Chloe's coming home for it. Oh, yes, of course, that'll be nice. We'll have a good time and don't do anything I wouldn't do. Doesn't leave me much scope, but didn't say that to Mum. 6.58pm Did a twirl in front of long mirror in Chloe's bedroom. Not bad for a 50-year-old, even if I say it myself. Spotted Benjamin Bear on Chloe's bed. I thought she'd taken him to uni with her. Guess there's not enough room in the bed for Chloe, Benjamin and Rugby Boy. Envy must not call him that to his face again. Chloe told me off last time. It's Brian's fault. He was the one who gave him the name. No, we'll not think of Brian. Not today. We'll think of other things. We'll definitely not think of Chloe in bed with Rugby Boy. Roles have been reversed. Chloe is adult having sex. I am naughty child who forgets her manners in public. They say if you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. Was definitely not there. Hottest dream was to walk along beach, hand in hand with Paul McCartney. Sex was not on the agenda. Will it ever be again? 7pm. Car horn tooting outside. Spot on time. Pippa must be driving. 12.15am. It's not fair. Not my birthday anymore. I love birthdays. I love Pippa and Bev. I love Adam and Chloe. I love Brian. No, no, I don't love Brian. Brian is lying, cheating, ratbag. Don't love Brian. <laughs> Brian has dimples when he smiles. Doesn't smile at me anymore, only at Bimbo.
Brian left me for a bimbo, bimbo, bimbo. Don't love Brian, love me. I'm new woman. No, Pippa and Bev are making me new woman. That can't be right. Don't want new woman, want Brian. 16th of April, 8.15am. I am 50-year-old divorcee with a hangover. Might as well go whole hog, bleach hair, buy a miniskirt and hang around dimly lit bars. 10.35am. John Morris, my favourite client, old gent with old-fashioned manners, who always pays me a compliment, came in this morning. He looked me up and down and said, You look different this morning, my dear. I hope you're not going down with something. Too late. I've already succumbed. I am old and unloved. Once would have thought forty-nine was ancient. Would give anything to be forty-nine again. <sighs> Must not be so silly. I'm just feeling bad because of long-lasting hangover. NB. What are signs of brain tumour? Must remember to buy more paracetamol. There are people out there far worse off than I am. People dying or being tortured or homeless or all sorts of things. I am very fortunate. Have health, so far. Family, home, job. Should be grateful. Worse things in life than being 50 and divorced? We'll pull self together. 1.20pm Undesirability has rendered me invisible. Was in Eats, waiting to place our sandwich order, when a young exec type came in. Jeff looked up from behind the counter, where he was buttering bread, and said, Good afternoon, sir, what can I do for you? Was so amazed that neither had acknowledged or even noticed my presence, that I said nothing until Moira came out and served me. Checked appearance in lieu on return to office. Definitely older-looking and less attractive than I remember. Wonder how long I've been in decline. Probably ten years at least. Only wonder is that Brian stuck it out so long. 6.50pm. Pippa phoned. Just a quick call as we have the Residents' Association meeting here tonight, but I wanted to make sure you're OK for Saturday. Saturday, I said. For our trip to Cardiff. I need to know if I have to swap turns on the rotor for the Oxfam shop. Cardiff? Have you been eating parrot seed, Alison? Parrot seed? For goodness sake, stop repeating everything I say. I'm sorry, Pippa, but I don't have a clue what you're talking about. No, well, I suppose that's our fault. We did tell you just before you grabbed Marco. I grabbed Marco? And made him tango with you? I can't do the tango. That was obvious. Still, the rose between the teeth looked authentic. Oh, you are joking, aren't you? No. Oh, there's the doorbell. I've got a dash. I'll speak to you again. Of course Pippa wasn't joking. Pippa never jokes. At least that explains my sore tongue. Phoned Bev. Hi, Alice. I should I say ole. Oh, no. I was hoping you could tell me it wasn't true. Why? You had a great time. Let your hair down a bit. It was just what you needed. But I'm going to Marco's again on Saturday with my family. Ah, well, never mind, he'd probably have forgotten by then. Do you think so? Nah, not to worry. Now, are you okay for Saturday? Pippa just asked me that, and I didn't know what she was talking about. It's our birthday present to you. 
had vague recollection that they'd already given me a voucher to use for a head massage in heaven sense, but Bev explained that was just part of their present. You've had a rough time recently, what with Brian having an affair with a 28-year-old and then a divorce and then turning 50 on top of all that. Oh, thank you for reminding me. And by the way, you're only four years off 50 yourself. Four years is a lifetime. Now listen, we thought the best thing we could do was give you your confidence back, make a new woman of you, help you make a fresh start and find a man. And how are you going to do that? You've seen that programme on telly, Looking Bad, Looking Good? No. You must have done. You know the one where two presenters help women change their style of dressing. You know I don't watch fashion programmes. Well, it's on television tonight at nine, so watch it, and I'll speak to you again afterwards. 9.40pm. Watched, looking bad, looking good. Show involves a victim having her entire wardrobe rubbished by two bitchy presenters, Tracy and Sal. Was reminded of a programme that used to show clips from Japanese endurance shows. Was a source of much humour. Everyone asked, why on earth do they put themselves through that? Similar questions arising from LBLG. Only good that comes from it, as far as I can see, is that having endured the humiliation, victim is rewarded with free wardrobe of clothes. Source of concern is that victim was volunteered by her best friends. I'm very anxious now. They wouldn't have done that to me, would they? Cannot see any hidden cameras, but I suppose I wouldn't. We'll phone Bev now. Want reassurance. 10.20pm. I'm not totally reassured by conversation with Bev. She has promised that I'm not going to be filmed from the rear in my baggy sweatpants and holy jumper. She said their present was much better than that. We're going to be your own personal, Tracy and Sal. But they're horrible. They have to be cruel to be kind. We're going to take you to Cardiff and help you choose the right clothes to wear. Pippa's bought their books, so we know what we're talking about. There, what do you think of that? think there are many other birthday gifts I would have preferred. Also obvious now that I will not get a free wardrobe of clothes. But I do need some new clothes, and they do mean well. And they are my friends and will not be as nasty as Sal and Tracy. A day in Cardiff will be fun. Said I was delighted and would look forward to it. 11.50pm But what if it is all a ruse? I've seen other makeover-type programmes before, and it inevitably involves the victim being told numerous lies in order to get her cooperation. Perhaps Bev telling me that they're taking me to Cardiff is all part of the plan. Hidden cameras would, of course, have to be well hidden. Did not have a very thorough look. We'll go downstairs now and look again. 12.12am. have checked everywhere and I'm sure there are definitely no cameras. There would have to be some sign if there were and there isn't, so that's all right. Only places I didn't check were Adam's bedroom and the toilet. They know I never go in A's room and I'm confident not even Channel 5 would sink to filming in lavatories. 12.44am. Toilet checked, camera free.